With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today in the Callahan Podcast, well, we got our big showdown, our big competition for the summer. It is heating up. It is Tucker Carlson versus the deep state. Tucker was right. They are spying on him. They are reading his emails and all the blue checkmark lefties. They were wrong. We'll read you some of them and we will uh, get into the details of what the NSA is doing what they're trying to do to Tucker. They're trying to ruin the man. Also, the anniversary of uh, January 6th was this week. And there were some people out there who just lost their minds uh, over the whole thing, including an MSNBC guy who says it was much worse than 9-11. How silly is that? Uh, John Kerry, once again, caught without wearing a mask. And I think I'm going to apologize to uh, Jessica Springsteen, Olympian Jessica Springsteen. Uh, and speaking of Olympics, it looks bad. It looks grim. They might not allow fans in Japan for the Olympics, which starts in two weeks. We'll get into all that and a lot more on today's Callahan Podcast, brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan. Get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Alice Shattuck is on the board today. Let's do this, Alice. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, Turtle Boy, we made a trade. We upgraded. We got rid of that load, uh, Tom Shattuck. Actually, he uh, abandoned us. I don't know. I don't know where he went. He's uh, I think he joined the Moors of Rhode Island. He's got other things going on now. Yeah, he's going to be the first, uh, the first uh, white guy in the Moors in the rise of the Moors. He's ready to head to Maine and shoot stuff. But uh, we upgraded. We got Alice Shattuck here today. Say hi to Alex Turtle Boy. Hey, Alice, how you doing? Good. Yeah. How are you? Are Good you thing. Named after, you named after someone else. It's kind of a you know, it's kind of an old fashioned name. I like it. I like old fashioned um, names. My parents kind of like the name from the Honeymooners, actually. Oh, God. I was going to guess. I was gonna most famous for what? Being told by her husband that he was gonna knock her to the moon. 
<laughs> you think you could? You think you could do that these today? Have the honeymooners where Jackie Gleason says she was going to punch his wife in the face if she kept yapping at him? Uh, but that's that was a great show, a great show by a great American legend. Jerry, you couldn't have you couldn't have the show Friends today. You couldn't have that's a show true. about six white people in New York. Never mind a show about domestic violence jokes. That's a good point. I saw someone when they had the little reunion, someone saying they could never do this today. And I'm like, what, what did they say offensive? Was it like all in the family or, uh, you know, the, the Jeffersons? Were they saying offensive things? And it was like, no, they just didn't have any Asians. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> they, they None of them were gay. So they didn't talk about social justice on their show. <laughs> so today, if you had friends, it would. Well, it, you remember the remember Zoom? Zoom gone, right? The show Zoom. It was on, you know. Oh, it was on PBS, yeah. right? That was the first uh, show that celebrated diversity. It was young kids, uh, I think, from Boston. It was, I think, it was filmed in Boston. But every day, it'd be you know, one white kid, one Asian kid, you know, one uh, black kid, and then a fat kid, and a you know, a skinny kid, and a blonde. And they just, it was obvious. It was all about identity politics. I guess it was ahead of its time. This was thirty years ago, maybe, and. Uh, they definitely made sure they checked all the boxes. They're kind of like ESPN is now. Actually, and they're not. ESPN doesn't want to check all the boxes. They want to get rid of all the white guys. They only want to check a couple boxes. And the white women, too. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. <laughs> that's, the good that's not point. good enough anymore. Good point. If you're, if you're a black girl, woman in college, 20, 21 years old, and you're thinking about a career in the media, don't you look at ESPN and say, I, I just have to, you know, be able to stand up and, and you know, sure. walk, chew gum. They're, they, and, cry on, and cry on cue. We talked, to, I, I listened to your show yesterday. I'm a big fan. Uh, and, I, and I heard you guys talk about Malika Andrews, how she wears the mask whenever she's on. We talked about her. On this show, I think in like June or July when the NBA came back, it was whenever it was whenever the Brianna Taylor oh. verdict came out, right, and she public, cried. Right. She she cried on air during that whole right. segment, like on command. She's like, "That could have been me." It's like, oh my god, this child was just promoted over Rachel Nichols, and she was alone in the arena in the bubble uh, every night doing a report, masked up, you know, muzzled, and I'm like. You're not near anyone. You're 24 years old, <laughs> 25 years old. She was last year. How about you just let us hear what you have to say? I didn't know whether she was good or bad at the job because I couldn't really tell. But now she's their lead sideline reporter because she's just so talented. I think that's she's, what it is. Girl, but it has nothing to do with the fact that she's very easy on the eyes or right. her name is Malika and it's ESPN. That has nothing to do with any of this. Nothing just the coincidence and, uh, and, and nothing to do with the fact that Maria Taylor is going to get 8 million a year any day now, which is going to be an amazing, an amazing development. I, you know, I, Maria Taylor is not bad, but she's not great. She's not a star. She doesn't stand out. She's just, who's the star? How do you, how do you become a star as a sideline reporter? Anyway, what differentiates well, one great person from another? She's not a sideline reporter anymore. Turtle boy. She's a host. Whatever. Oh, she's, she's a host. promoted. <laughs> uh, it's a good Never question. Had. I mean, I think sideline reporters have to ask, you know, original different questions to get something out of people like, like Tom Rinaldi was good at it. He'd have some thoughtful question to get you know, a golfer to start talking to him. It's not easy, but it's, I shouldn't say it's not easy. It is easy. Uh, but I think the hard part would be, you're right, to stand out. I, I think most of them are average, forgettable. They don't make $8 million a year, unless, of course, they are uh, 
the new face of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, best part was Rachel Nichols was cool with it. As long as somebody else lost their job at her expense, that, that's basically what she was saying. Yeah. They, if they want to do it for diversity, fine, whatever. Just not this job. Just to, just admit it too. I mean, she was right. I mean, I, obviously she sounded a little. She's petty. a hypocrite. She's a hypocrite. Joe. She, got, she got exactly what was coming to her. That, that statement said it all. She basically said, I'm okay with people losing their job. Just not my job because, right. and that sums it up, right? Like p- what I say is put the quit in equity. If you don't want your job, quit and give it up for a black person. I don't want to hear about any of this nonsense about we need more diversity if you're not willing to give up your seat for a black person. And she said the reason she ascended to the level she's at is she just outworked everybody. And she would have she would have made it even further, but for the Trump supporting white conservative guys in the man in management at ESPN. As if there's a single one of those, but they're the ones that held her back. Trump supporting white conservatives. So basically, she alienated everybody with her little private conversation with LeBron's agent. So I'm with you. No sympathy for Rachel Nichols. It's kind of fun. I'd like to just watch the whole thing burn. That's going to be fun. She. It's going to get worse, too, because Maria Taylor is going to get her $8 million a year. And then you're going to hear all kinds of anonymous people saying that's ridiculous. She's uh, She doesn't deserve it. I can't wait. It's fun to watch. Uh the woke the super wokesters kind of devour each other but uh, that will be fun but you know what else is going to be fun turtle boy and alice what? watching this showdown this is better uh the the stanley cup playoffs are over if you missed it tampa won again ever since tom brady went to tampa tampa can't lose they just the champions this is a third parade in what I, nine months <laughs> you know what they would win the nba title if only they had an nba team that's the only thing holding them back from winning they do all- they have the, the, the raptors played there this year Oh, that's true. So maybe maybe next year. But uh, actually, the Rays didn't win. They just went to the World Series. But the Bucks and the uh, Lightning have won twice since Tom Brady went there. So he is carrying that whole city on his back. But, that, you know, the NBA Finals is kind of, I don't know, it's not great. The Suns, Bucks, I mean, nobody's really into it. I the love Olympics- it. I, I'm into it. I think it's great. I mean, for once, the NBA oh is watchable. It was, it was competitive, Jerry. It's great. You don't think it's great to see Chris Paul in the NBA Finals? That doesn't do much for me. But it's one game. I'll, I'll watch. I'll see if I can get hooked. But I'm making the point that it's not going to get great ratings either. You know oh, it's that? Not. It's, it's, not. it's and, not. And neither is the Olympics. And I'm going to get to this a little mm-hmm. later. But the Olympics is potentially going to be the worst Olympics for ratings, for interest. It's across the other side of the world. And uh, Tokyo made an announcement yesterday, I believe, because they had a little spike in COVID and they're not vaccinated. They may not allow any fans, <laughs> which will just make it seem so lifeless when you watch and there are no fans. I mean, these are going to be in big stadiums, too, like track and field with no fans. <laughs> and but Gymnastics big- is just going to be an empty uh, arena. I, yeah, that's the, the word. That's the word out of uh, Tokyo today. We got two more weeks. But my question is, do you think they'll ban um, Bruce Springsteen from going to watch his daughter in the show jumping competition? No, probably uh, not. He's going to get special privileges. I think. I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Bruce will find his way in and he probably won't wear his mask because he's another one of those elitist leftist hypocrites. And we will get to John Kerry. But first, we have to get to, I think, the best competition the best showdown of the summer and it was coming to a boil last night and it's going to continue and that is tucker versus 
everyone. Tucker versus the deep state, Tucker versus the intelligence community, and Tucker versus the left in general. The blue checkmark left out there, not just the left, there's a lot of uh, uh, people, you know, never Trumpers who, who, who hate Tucker. He is the voice of the resistance ever since, you know, Donald Trump went away six months ago. And, and, uh, you know, they, they tried to make, you know, the, the, the white supremacists, the, the villains that didn't really fly since there aren't any, but Tucker, no. is. he's every, he's there every night and he is, uh, and, and he is, goes right to the edge the thing I like about Tucker is you can tell that he thinks about certain things he should say. Like, but when he talked about General Milley, he called him a pig. And, Where did and, that come from? Uh, and I'm I, thinking most TV guys, talking heads with teleprompters and people would go to the edge and then pull back. They would say, I can't go to that, you know, to that length and mocking and insulting this they might yeah. say he's a fraud. He's yes, a lot of yes. things. He's just like, he's a pig. He's so stupid. <laughs> he called him stupid. He called him a pig and it just took off. It went viral. And it generally, these things end up, he ends up winning these, these moments because there were people like general Barry McCaffrey who said, you know, this guy should be fired for insulting a general like that. And then five minutes later, people are digging up Barry McCaffrey's tweets about Trump, where he called him everything stupid and, and not a, all kinds of nasty things. And there was no, not was he not fired or uh, even called out by most of the media. It was just accepted. That's what you call Trump, the commander in chief, the head of the military. But you can't call Millie this, this woke fraud who was, uh, you know, bought into this whole, current culture in washington just to keep his job can't call him a pig but tucker, no, 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 no. but tucker did and it wasn't just off the cuff he knew what he was doing as he generally does well last week as we know as we talked about he said the nsa was spying on him and he had proof he talked to sources they had emails that this the source read back the content to tucker and tucker said only he would know what was in it so clearly they were doing it and he also said that they were going to uh, name him, which is illegal, like use his name. Like you can spy on an American journalist who is talking to some foreign actor, but you can't unmask the journalist. You can just say a journalist was talking to, you know, operatives in Russia about interviewing Putin, which, as Alice pointed out earlier, they, MSNBC interviewed Putin. When was it? In like a spring? couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't name anyone at MSNBC. They just said that people at the network report. I don't even think they named the network. They no, just said they American journalist. They didn't leak any of their emails. None of their emails ended up in the hands of any newspapers in Washington, D.C. And they knew, I know. they knew, you know, and NBC people were talking to Putin, but they didn't uh, uh, feed it, leak it to anyone. Tucker said last week, and this was amazing, he, that they weren't just uh, uh, reading his emails and, and texts, but they were going to leak it to try to destroy him. So he went to an, an, you know, the next step. He went to another level. They did this for the purpose of destroying him. The man who, again, is the voice of the resistance, is the, the, the one more than anyone who is pushing back against this current uh, regime. Um, it, I thought it might take a while for him to get vindicated, for this to break uh, like it did yesterday. When we found out 
that they fed it to Axios. I believe it was uh, the Jonathan Swan, right? The, the guy mm -hmm. who's somehow involved in everything for Axios. I've never actually like read him or watched him except, you know, on clips, but he is a player. And they fed it to him and they used Tucker's name and they revealed Tucker was talking to people in Russia about interviewing, interviewing Putin. Now, this is just a start. That means they got, they, that means he was right. That means they were lying. Uh, um, I shouldn't say they were lying because they never actually denied it. You know, that's the funny thing. The NSA came out and said, Tucker's not a target of our you know, surveillance. They never said we don't have his private communication. So any reporter who says the NSA denied Tucker's claim is lying. They know they didn't actually deny it, which to me was an admission. When you say, Turtle Boy, totally, when you, totally. when you totally. say he's not a target, that doesn't mean you're not surveilling him. It's also the NSA. Are they, uh, are they going to tell the truth? They're, they're, they're intelligence. It's, they're paid to lie. That's what they do. And they're political. As Tucker pointed out, the leaders, uh, the, the, the man, the woman who, who are atop the NSA are total political creatures. And they are uh, in, you know, they're with the deep state. They're with the establishment. They are with the Biden administration. I think the next shoot or fall is, you know, Biden ordered the hit. <laughs> Biden ordered the code red. Probably not Biden, but yeah, hey, I'd say he doesn't. Does he even know who Tucker is? Well, I meant, Jill, I meant, I meant Jill Biden. I don't, oh, I he's going to say, is that a, is that a flavor? If it's not a flavor of ice cream, Jerry, I don't think <laughs> Joe Biden's going to have much to say about it. That's true. That's true. That I love those. I love those when he gets ice cream and someone yells, like, "What flavor?" How oh, is this guy not turned into a fat bastard? He eats ice cream every day. That's a good question. You think he actually eats it, or he probably spills half of it down his chin, that's and then he it melts and it falls on. The yeah, they, they when he gets in the SUV, they probably give him a million napkins. Okay, Joe, here's a whole bunch of napkins. You need to hold on to those. Are your hands sticky? Okay, we need to wash those. I, I was wondering it too. I think I eat ice cream every day with chimney or with sprinkles or whatever. Two scoops. <laughs> two scoops. Trump he goes got, all out. Trump got Trump. two scoops. It was yes, a big and it was a big, it was but, big but deal. Trump's, you know, Trump's one pound short of being obese. We know that. Biden's skinny as a rail, but he eats ice cream every day. But anyway, it's not him. We know that. It's Jill Biden, whatever. It's, it's Kamala Harris. It's Barack Obama, Susan Rice, whatever. Someone in the regime uh, put the hit out on Tucker. And I guess they were counting on Tucker not finding out from a friendly journalist, but he knew it, he said it, and it took a matter of, what was it, a week, Alice, since he, less than a week since he did that. Yeah, less, I think it was the end of end of uh, June, like June 28, 29. Right, happened. so they're spying on me. He, they, he was right, he was vindicated, and it's interesting that Tucker was trying to get an interview with Putin because that there could be nothing less inappropriate or more appropriate for a leading journalist to want to speak to Putin, particularly uh, at the time that, that Biden was uh, meeting with Putin. It was a big, big deal. And you mentioned NBC interviewed him. I don't even remember that, but that's a pretty good get. You get to sit down with Putin. I realize you have to have a translator, but so what? It's Tucker sitting down with Putin would have been a huge deal and it might still be that would have been huge ratings and made all kinds of news so of course this was appropriate which brings me back to the blue checks because a number a number of them you're miss you're missing the big picture jerry the why do they want this no because you and i know of course you're going to get the interview with putin 
But they want this out there because to them, just throwing the name Putin out there in Russia, they are trying to associate the right and in particular Fox News with Russia as much as possible. They want to make it seem like Fox News has a direct line to the Kremlin. That's the only reason they're putting this out there. It's it. it, I I would say so if we hadn't lived through the last five years where they had the fake Russia collusion hoax, which fell apart. And I realize there are a number of dummies out there that don't know that was all made up that there wasn't actually collusion with trump and russia yeah, there's, there's 81 million of them that still <laughs> actually believe that that's that's a good point but if you you're right i guess but if you read it at all if you read you know one you know five paragraphs you understand that what tucker was doing was perfectly appropriate and what the nsa was doing is the most un-american thing the our government can do it's insane that that there's anybody out there who's not outraged. And it is so revealing that journalists, and again, I use that term lo- loosely, these are the lapdogs that asked Biden about ice cream and talk about how Jill and Joe Biden, it's good to have true love back in the White House. These are not real journalists, they're pretend journalists, they're Democrat operatives with press passes. But in theory, the idea that the government, the regime, the, the administration, is using intelligence agents to go after a journalist in effort to destroy the man in a, in a, in a you know, generic sense, in a vacuum. Wouldn't that be the biggest friggin' story? Wouldn't every respected journalist be all over today on Twitter, online, in the newspaper, on TV? Wouldn't that be a huge scandal if they didn't, A, love Biden, or should I say just love the, you know, the whole regime love the new administration and be hate tucker and fox news if they didn't have if you could remove their personal bias which you can't do and it's amazing i can't think of a single journalist you could do that for like remove their personal bias obviously you have you know right wingers on fox or new york post not many but you got some obviously they will take tucker's side and obviously the the slobbering you know mainstream media and will go against Tucker, but can you think of a single one who will look at this story on its merits and say, this is madness. The federal government is spying on a journalist, revealing his personal communications, feeding into the media in an effort to destroy the journalist. And not once will they ever think, what if this happens to me? That will literally never go through their head. Is like, okay, well, in their mind, well, it's the NSA, they're probably doing it because he's a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy, so why would they come after me? <laughs> and and think of Children. it. I know we do this all the time, and um, it's it's it gets a little tedious. But let's go back. Oh, I don't know. We'll go way back in time. Let's go back nine months. And the sitting president hates Rachel Maddow, and six the intelligence community, the NSA, on uh, Rachel Maddow, and and reveals private texts and private emails of Rachel Maddow, or you name it, whoever, Chuck Todd, Steffi Stepanopoulos, any of the uh, Democrat operatives in the media. Can you imagine the level of outrage from the rest of the media? Can you imagine the, the outrage on Twitter, on, 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 on social media? Trump used a spy agency to, uh, to, to expose the, the personal emails and, and uh, text of a journalist it would be, forget 
Russia, 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 or Ukraine, or anything else Trump did, that would that would have been his third impeachment. <laughs> right. And this is how you know how full of shit liberals are and what they become. They don't believe in liberal values anymore, which would mean, you know, protecting free speech, which is very important, and a free press. This is a direct shot at a free press. All of a sudden, they have become stooges for the establishment. They have become stooges for large corporations, billion-dollar corporations like Facebook, anything. Anything to stop or silence their perceived enemies, which is all conservatives, they now support. They have completely given up on liberal ideals. There's like five of them left. Like the Glenn Greenwalls of the world are the only liberals left who actually are standing up and saying, this is problematic. And Glenn Greenwald's a great example. You're right. There's a handful. Glenn Greenwald's like Matt Taibbi's who are former liberals. I mean, former hardcore lefties, uh, Trump haters, certainly Bush haters and, you know, they hated the, uh, the spy agencies and the, and, the, and the deep state, and now they're all in. Glenn Greenwald was on with Tucker last night. He pointed out how Rachel Maddow was talking about defending the CIA against attacks from, I forget who, from journalists or saying, uh, you know, the CIA wouldn't. Do- so you have, like, former uh, radicals, you know, I mean, Rachel Maddow was a radical, and now... Her job when she shows up at work is defend the CIA. I mean, John Brennan is a is a works for CNN. These people That's all right. do. Whenever somebody spot, whenever there's like something like this that comes out, like is the army out of control? Are they getting too woke? You know, is the CIA spying on you? Blah blah blah. They'll just go like. Well, let's ask our CAA consultant. And it's like, no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why would you think that? Okay. And, uh, and, to your and, point, Jerry, about if this happened under Trump, Brett on Facebook says Keith Olbermann would have killed to have Trump spying on him. <laughs> that's right. Keith Olbermann will be screaming about Keith Olbermann in response to this. Tucker getting will start screaming about Trump and 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 Don Jr. and some and just go off the rails. It'll be like you used to be you know, a civil libertarian, you know, you used to be a, a, a classic liberal. Think of what you're doing now. You're defending this deep state, which got caught red-handed spying on a journalist. Mike, and they're he, already defending- this. he already tweeted this today. He said, as we told you at the time, Tucker Carlson was communicating with a foreign based individual <laughs> intent on harming the U S. Oh my God. <laughs> See, that is kind of silly. I mean, honestly, I find Keith Oldman's kind of entertaining at times because he's so nuts. But is that really the new take that they were <laughs> they were spying on Trump, uh, Tucker because he's a foreign agent working with Russia? Good luck with that. Even with all the you know, the media, even with the control they have of the media and big tech, good luck with that messaging. If anyone watches Tucker for five minutes, they know he's not a foreign agent. No, but like the, the, the Keith Olbermann's followers don't know that. They think that this is how divided this country is. And yes, I, I, mean, I don't. The stupid against the you know reasonably intelligent. That's what it is. If you believe that, you're pretty stupid. Uh, and but but um, uh, Greenwald made another point. Like last year, Trump was still president, and he'd said something or did something attacking the intelligence community. Probably said that they're political hacks or they're deep state hacks, and they're you know go, go you know they're trying to destroy him. Whoa, he's attacking norms, Jerry. Stating the obvious, and Chuck Schumer came out, I think, with Rachel Maddow and said. He should be careful. If you upset the intelligence community, they have, and he used the old-fashioned term, seven ways from Sunday to get back at you. And they laughed. Yeah, yeah, they do. They come after you if you if you insult them or call them out. And he was right, of, of course. Um, actually, this was a couple of years ago. He was right, of course. 
But consider that. You've got the Senate Majority Leader saying, if you criticize the intelligence community, they will destroy you. And our, an alleged journalist, a former journalist like Rachel Mano, just giggles about it. Like, yeah, those people, they'll, they'll ruin you. They'll wreck you. They'll ruin your whole life if you criticize them. You're talking about a journalist talking about an out-of-control spy agency, and they take the side of the spy agency. It's lunacy. Because you know why? The spy agency changed their avatar for Pride Month. That's literally <laughs> all you have. These people are so simple and stupid that that's all you have to do is win them over is just be like, you know, science is real. Love is love. You know, and now we're going to spy on you and bomb foreign countries. As long as you believe science, you know, as long as you virtue signal about how woke you are, they don't care about any of the bullshit you do because they stand for absolutely nothing. I'm I'm looking at the the Federalist compiled. Did I already tweet this out? I think I did. Uh, I was going to retweet. Uh, Federalist has a story, and they mentioned blue check marks who were, who called Tucker a liar, said he was wrong over the last week and it's one after another i mean it's not just one it is eric swalwell brian steltler mediaite oliver darcy uh uh molly jung fast it's one aaron rupert one lefty journalist rick wilson never trumper uh, uh and and he just fake basically they one after another call him a liar here's, here's steve schmidt the uh, pedophile enabling lincoln project guy tweets, Tucker Carlson is lying. His lying is premeditated and purposeful. It's about political power. It is deeply cynical. He is an arsonist, lighting fires of division, distrust, If that if not doused, will engulf our democracy and get people killed. He says, but this is what I'm saying, Jared. This is the messaging they send. They have spent the last four years convincing everyone that like the right is not just people we disagree with anymore they're they're evil they're rotten they're seditious they're traitors they need to be destroyed and it's okay to violate their civil liberties because they are the enemy this is uh vice vanity fair uh washington post one new republic one after another calling um calling uh, tucker a liar he was right. They were wrong. They look ridiculous. Fortunately, uh, these things were uh, screenshotted. Um, so uh, we, we, we know where they come down. And now they're going to probably do what um, what Oldman did. Well, they do one of two things. Here's what they're going to do now. They're either going to say old, uh, either going to say Tucker's a foreign agent like Oldman, which is a little bit of a stretch, even for, you know, Brian Stutler or Oliver Darcy, or they're going to say, What's the big deal? If you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care if they spy on you? But here's the part, and we talked about it earlier, is it's a crime, obviously, as, as Glenn Greenwald always points out. This is illegal, and it's it's uh, specifically targeting one guy. It's not like they have a bunch of journalists and they you know, just said, here's what these journalists are doing. They're talking to Putin. They're talking to whatever, you know, South, the China. They're talking to Korea. They they can't reveal a journalist's name. It's against the law. So someone committed a crime, and now we will see if there's any. I mean, if you're Tucker, this is pretty cool, isn't it? I know, it? isn't it? I was thinking the same like, thing. Like, I'm like, you know who's probably upset today? Hannity. Hannity's just like, remember when I was the controversial guy that pushed the needle? <laughs> now I'm just the boomer guy that licks Trump's balls. So they don't really consider me a threat because like, I'm not going to like <laughs> criticize the establishment. You know what I mean? So, so whereas Tucker is just like, this guy is saying dangerous things. We need to keep an eye on him. That's, that's true. I mean, they had that story, uh, I forget who had it, a couple weeks ago about how, how Tucker's a big gossip. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I picture who had it. it talk, you know, they had talked to a lot of journalists who said he talked to them off the record, and that's one of his favorite things. And they had him anonymously uh, mocking a fellow host, and everyone assumed it was Hannity. And you tried to see if there was tension at that crossover because it is kind of an uncomfortable crossover. They're, they're different guys on different, completely wavelengths. different audience. I turn it off when Hannity comes on. I have no, I, desire, I have no I, desire to watch Hannity. I don't want to hear about how he does jiu-jitsu and whatever the <laughs> hell. Like I have no desire. I know I, what I know what Hannity is going to say every night before it. So what's the point I, of watching? I like him because, you know, obviously I'm on his team, but I'm, you know, I wouldn't miss Tucker because Tucker sometimes he surprises you. Like I said, he goes to the edge and then he goes over the edge. It's must see TV. And he doesn't like Hannity, right? Talks about doing karate, jujitsu, or he talks about how tough he had 12 jobs and he worked construction when he was six years old and that kind of thing. That gets a little tedious. Tucker never or rarely reveals personal stuff. And he did last night. He said, you know, come after me if you want. I have a really conventional life. He goes, I've been married to the same woman for 30 years. I sleep in a bed with four dogs. Sounds like the Shattuck household. They got- <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that, actually. I turned to Tom when we were watching it last night, and I was like, it sounds like our house. He has four kids, too, like us. So. Four kids like you. And um, he doesn't have chickens, though, I don't think, Alice. He should. Um, right? I don't know. Is DC oh. zoned for chickens? <laughs> It's a good question. If he, if it's uh, not, they would re- take him away in handcuffs if he had a. Chicken. What does his wife do? What is his? What you know? What Tucker's he's, wife does? He said it last night she's a former teacher, but I know that she locked herself in the closet and called nine one one when Antifa went to his house. But he, and he and he had to move. He had to well, move. just thinking what I do. So I I'm obviously not Tucker, but I do I piss off the same kind yeah. of people, yeah, and often does. my you know safety is threatened or compromised and stuff like that. And frequently they will attack your family. And I often wonder, like, how does Tucker Carlson handle this on a larger scale? What they must come after his wife too, right? Yes, they must. And his kids. I mean, there was an incident at a restaurant where he was with his kids, and like his daughter went to the bathroom with some guy, said something to her, like really, really vulgar. And it was an incident in the restaurant. So I think it's not easy to do what he does. He must have private security because I can't imagine some lunatic Antifa guy. The right. people the people that milkshake Andy know they would love to get Tucker and whatever milkshake him. Or, and obviously, they don't ever have to go to jail. They can do whatever they want if they're Antifa, if they get need to make bail. Kamala Harris. It's, it's just it's just an idea, Jerry. They're not real. He, he, he was. I mean, I mentioned this, I think, a year ago, but he was uh, planning to move at least, you know, for the summer months to Maine, and he was building a studio. He was going to build a studio and do a show from uh, Maine, and I don't know who it was, but they doxed him. They revealed where it was, and he changed the plan. They said, uh, you know, Tucker's moving to Maine. Here's where it's going to be, you know, and he got a little nervous, and he he, uh, changed the plan. I don't know if he changed to a different part of Maine or a different, you know, town, but or just canceled it, but he comes up here and fishes. He's a big uh, fisherman uh, in the summer, uh, and uh, I assume he still does that. He probably feels safe in the woods of Maine, but I can't imagine he feels safe in the streets of D.C. I'm sure he doesn't, you know, go for a walk with his wife down the mall on on when all the lunatics are out there uh, protesting something. But this will be good for him. You're right. That's a, that's a great point by you to think if you're handy or if you're uh, whatever Laura Ingram, you're saying. Man, I wish they'd I wish they'd target me. 
So it's but just I, like because he's got the ratings, he kills everybody. Like he's what's hot, and they're, he's a threat to the establishment. They don't they they need him to shut up and go away. They've been trying to shut him up for so long. Nothing works. All of the conventional ways of getting someone canceled, right. finding some shit you said twenty years ago, playing it. Tucker just feeds off of that. He loves it. He's just like I'm. That's not going to stop me. You. He's lost all of his advertisers. Mike Lindell's paying for everything, mm-hmm. and this new subscription <laughs> thing he's got going on. You. Right. You, you can't stop him, and that's what drives him nuts. They cannot stop him. That's true. They have those media matters guys. Those uh, sleeping giants. They go after him every day, and you're right. They can't. Big corporations have bailed on him. These gutless corporations. It doesn't matter because a cable co- company, I believe. The revenue for Fox News is close to a billion a year in cable fees. You know, it's like eight or nine hundred million. I'm pretty sure they take a little chunk of that, give it to Tucker and say, this this is going to work whether we get any advertising or not. That's why you sit there and you're watching the highest rated shows and there's commercials for things you stick up your nose that like suck out your you know mucus and there's just this the, the, tucker, the tucker commercials sound like what, what you ever fall asleep with the tv on yes yes and you, wake, you wake up at 2 a.m and it's like those infomercials yeah. that's what every commercial on tucker sounds like the stuff right. you wake up to 2 a.m hearing it's like the opposite of like a golf tournament when you're watching the pga tournament it's all merrill lynch and cadillac and like yeah well well produced well produced commercials his are just like buy this now buy this hearing aid do you not (laughs) yelling at you whoa or the the jesus guy the the indian jesus guy is just like do you know about the word of god let me tell you it's like if that guy's the guy advertising on your show hey that was that was a pretty good invitation. They're going to come after us now. They are. Uh, um, or the relief factor, the father and the son that have that patch. <laughs> you guys. They're they stand with Seth Gorka. And they have Seth Gorka. And they have uh, uh, Larry Elder and uh, <laughs> um, Boone. They have, uh, what's his face? I would say Daniel Boone. Uh, Might uh, as well. That's who they're marketing towards, people and, that went to school with Daniel Boone. <laughs> <laughs> they have Charlie Kirk now on there doing it. I couldn't even throw a football. Charlie Kirk's like 26 years old, <laughs> and now he has this patch that he puts on his back to relieve his pain. It's a great ad, by the way. If I was like like an old, and I'm getting there, and I was having trouble like you know, sitting down and getting up, I'd be like, hey, $20, get that patch. What's that number? <laughs> Order it up. I, it's a great it's, I bet. I bet you they do okay. Um they could they could afford to hire the heavy hitters like Larry Elder and, and Sebastian Gorka, but I can't wait to watch again tonight, the next night, to see where it goes. This is the best competition of the summer: the Deep State versus Tucker. And there, you're right. There's no one. They, they've eliminated Donald Trump essentially, right? They, I know he's suing. I watched his press conference, and I I, I like that. I, I welcome that. But they wiped him out essentially. No Donald more. Trump is quickly becoming a complete non-factor in most circles. Like they're not even threatened by him anymore. They used to freak out over everything he said. I, I, I get the. Do you get the Trump email blast? Oh no! I should sign up. Is it worth? Yeah, it? That, that, that's the tweets. Basically, they come in an email blast now, and he says the same ridiculous, insane thing sometimes about election fraud and blah blah. blah. But the media doesn't talk about it anymore. They're no longer. He's no longer relevant to the conversation. No question. All that vitriol all that animosity is being channeled toward tucker now and i love it he's 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 up for the job as long as they don't you know and desantis and desantis and that's coming that is the uh, storm the 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 gathering storm that's going to be the hit job 
and, and collectively from the media, because you know how desperate they're going to be, Turtle Boy and Alice, when they take a good long look at their candidate, that would be Kamala, Kamala Harris, yes, 47th president of the United States, Kamala Harris, who will do two years, maybe one year uh, when, when Joe Biden steps down, and then she'll be uh, the candidate. DeSantis against Kamala Harris. I mean, that's going to be just. Will uh, she be the candidate, though? Josh? She could be like a. I mean, I guess Jerry Ford got the nomination after he, you know, moseyed on in there. But I do wonder if they will, if she gets like, you know, put in in a year or two, right? And then she runs. She'll have primary challengers because they're going to re- Democrats are good at getting people elected. They're going to look at the numbers and they're going to say, this woman ain't cutting it. That's why we got rid of her the first time. She's, but she's not going to go away. You've seen her stand up. I mean, Biden won the Senate of the border. She refuses to go because she knows it's a bad look. She doesn't want to be seen down there. Uh, I think you're going to hear a lot about uh, a feud between Jill and Kamala, you know, President Jill and, and Vice President Kamala. They, they're going to butt heads and, you know, it'll be the media will do their best to cover it up. But you're right. Maybe she somehow they 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 bump her and they they bring in I don't know Buttigieg or that's what I was thinking. Buttigieg. I mean, Maybe. he's a swamp rat now. And then Buttigieg. I still like our chances. I still like the idea of DeSantis. Trump could screw the whole thing up, but we'll see. You know, maybe uh, maybe he. I was going to say maybe Trump thinks better of it and says and gets behind DeSantis and just supports him and realizes he's too old. That will not be happening, Jerry. That will (laughs) not be happening. (laughs) I can dream turtle boy. I can dream, but I want to, I want to talk about the, the, to me, the funniest stuff this week that I enjoyed the Tucker versus deep state and I'm going to enjoy it even more, but it's not funny. It's serious. It's scary what they can do, what the spy agencies can do with at the behest of the, the regime. But, the anniversary of January 6th was earlier this week, and uh, as somebody pointed out, I forget who said it, they said, uh, you know how people are really trying too hard when they celebrate month anniversaries, like when young couples say, the anniversary. Couple say, oh, we've been together four months today, and they, they have a little celebration. It's going steady. A six-month anniversary. I've never even tried to figure out what my half-year like wedding anniversary would be. But Did they ring the bells? <laughs> Did they like have a moment of silence for this or the flags it, that have think of what they're going to do on the one year anniversary I know. oh my goodness brace for that <laughs> I was thinking that same thing one year two year five year anniversary they're never going to let this go they are never going to be uh, give up on this but they, I like it because and I'll tell you why is they don't realize how ridiculous they sound and look when they exaggerate embellish or just make up uh stuff to um to try and uh, uh make it seem worse than it was i mean obviously they want this to be the worst thing ever and, and or not ever the worst thing since the civil war as matthew dowd said on nbc but we'll get to him i have to start with this just three examples of how absurd this anniversary of january 6th and and if you're paying attention at all obviously we've talked about it a million times obviously these guys uh were were, were idiots they're these maga morons uh you know they deserve to be arrested punished in some cases jailed fined, whatever but it's turned into this incredible political persecution we've talked about viking man the moron with the face painted in the horns who's still in solitary confinement not charged with a, a violent crime uh no bail 
We talked about another guy who offered to put up $15 million in bail if he could just go home till his trial. The judge said no. They're being made examples. They're enemies of the regime, and they're being used as an example. So much for criminal justice reform, Jerry, another liberal principle that has magically gone away and uh, sentencing guidelines and, you know, bail. Like they don't even they don't even believe in bail liberals. That's why they have the bail fund. How come these guys aren't getting the bail fund? They don't they don't don't, forget the bail fund. They don't even get bail, period. Right. Yeah. 15 million. I mean, it's insane. Because they have convinced us that these guys are the biggest threat and they must the rules no longer apply to them. They're a four, they're basically Al Qaeda. Every and, time I talk about this on this podcast or tweet about it, I get people coming back at me saying, you know, when did you, you know, go soft on, on crime? And if these guys were Antifa, you'd be screaming. Well, yeah, of course. Antifa, they hurt people. They burn buildings. They ruin businesses. They destroy neighborhoods. These morons, and not all of them, again, some of them are charged with assaulting a cop, but many of them are charged with non-violent offenses, trespassing, disorderly conduct, or, or in uh, the case of Viking Man, disrupting a formal proceeding, which I'm not sure he did because we saw the video of him walk into the Senate chambers. That was pretty formal in there. The guy was sitting down front. Bleeding. The guy was bleeding. The cop was walking. I got, shot, I got, I got shot in the face. I got, I got yeah, shot in the face. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the cop says, ask him not to go up on the on the podium because that's the sacredest place in Guys, here. Can you like respect and the, the guy, the guy in the floor tells him, Oh no, don't worry. I've been watching it for you. I've been watching it for you. Right. So we've seen the video, not all of it, just 14,000 hours that they won't show us. They selectively release it to make these morons look like, you know, terrorists. And the media has parroted the whole insurrectionist and domestic terrorist line and said it's, a, but I think they overplay their hand. In this, and this week was the best example. We'll start with a congressman named Andy Kim. I didn't even know who he was. I thought he was the same guy that sang Rock Me Gently back in the 80s. I thought he was that, that guy, but it's a different Andy Kim. Um, and I'm telling you, you cannot read the story without laughing out loud. He's a, he's a backbencher, a no, nobody congressman from um, uh, New, New Jersey. Jersey. New yeah, Jersey. Southern yeah. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia area. And, um, he wore a blue suit. It's kind of a royal blue suit on January 6th, you know, when he barely survived the insurrection. Barely. And afterwards, he spent a moment, maybe a minute, helping pick up some trash, helping the, secure, the, the janitors, whatever, clean up a little. There was a picture of him, a sitting congressman cleaning up. And, you know, obviously they made him out to be a hero because he said that because of the suit he was wearing, that he heard from a lot of people um, and that that suit like meant a lot to them. So he donated to the Smithsonian this week. He, he released a, a, a tweet saying he was going to bring the suit to the Smithsonian to be displayed as a part of history. And so I started reading going, did I miss something? Did, did he like jump in front of a gunman and save, you know, Mike Pence's life? No, he picked up a little trash and he says, this is my favorite claim quote, People wrote to me saying the blue suit gave them a sense of resilience and hope. <laughs> it might have. That might have actually happened, knowing these people are freaking stupid they are. <laughs> so, he didn't, obviously, they, no, no congressman died. They weren't assaulted. They weren't you know, threatened. Well, did you see the Vice article, Jerry? There's, there's yes, journalists that's, that's, that are afraid to go back in the building. That's number three on my list. I'm trying to put them at level of uh, entertainment value. This was the funniest. This guy. So if you yeah. go to the Smithsonian, you get to see um, 
did the, the Smithsonian brothers, contact him or did he contact the Smithsonian? I don't know, but they're plenty woke. They probably are all in on this and they, you know, they're probably going to make the whole, have a display. Oh, by the way, speaking of displays, we'll just mention this. The, one of the insurrectionists, a 27 year old guy from, I forget where down South, he, the FBI raided his home, you know, and took all his social media and took all his uh, computer. And they found a Lego version of the U.S. Capitol. This guy had a Lego version of the Capitol. And they're investigating whether he used that model to plan the insurrection. But we'll find out. I'm going to predict right now that the answer is yes. They'll say he used that model. To, when he And he took little yell, Lego, little, little, what do you call them, Alice? Little men and Lego Me games? figures. What are they? Lego minifigures. Yeah, minifigures. And he had minifigure insurrectionists and minifigure cops and minifigure congressmen. And they had a minifigure Mike Pence. And they had a mini guillotine. And they chopped his head off. That was Did they have a mini AOC hiding? Did they have mini AOC hiding in a bathtub? Or? They mini AOC. She was already in therapy. She was already down the street at her shrink's office trying to, you know, cope with this uh, this trauma. But... Um, um, so you go to the Smithsonian. When I went there, I wanted to see Archie Bunker's chair. I don't know why. It's just I always heard it was there, and I wanted to see it. But you could see, you know, Wright Brothers, uh, the Wright Brothers plane. Somebody pointed out yesterday you could see the uniform that Robert O'Neill wore when he took out Bin Laden. So you can go to the Smithsonian. You could see Robert O'Neill's, uh, you know, obviously his Navy, his Navy SEAL uniform, what he was wearing that night when he killed Bin Laden. And then you could see the blue suit that Andy Kim wore when he picked up some empty Diet Coke cans on the floor of the Capitol. I mean, that sounds like quite a... a Basically you know, the a, same thing. I mean, right. I mean to a couple of heroes. fighting terrorists. I don't know. Of, and, and you could see Archie Bunker's chair. You could see a couple of great heroes, icons in American history. I think, uh, I think I'm going to carve out a couple uh, some time to go there and check out the suit. When I get there, I'm going to say, excuse me, uh, uh, you know, the, the people working there, the, can you point me towards Andy Kim's blue suit? I, I found, what did he say? They found resilience and hope in his suit. I found real resilience and hope in that suit. Someone has to tell Andy Kim he's a clown, but I don't know who does that, like a staff member, a media member. Someone says, you're being ridiculous. You just picked up some litter. You didn't save the world anyway he's not he, he can't even put a hold a candle to matthew dowd if you don't know who he is he's like a he's like a poor man's brian stelter just a potato looking guy bald guy goes on msnbc says ridiculous things about how trump is evil and biden's wonderful all that anyway i read about this initially he said he said nine uh one six is worse than nine eleven, and other people have made that uh, point in some form or fashion over the last six months, but rarely do you hear them, you know, try to back it up. They might say it, you know, glibly, oh, it was worse than that. But this guy says it on a show and then actually tries to make the case that a day where 2,977 innocent people were murdered by Islamic terrorists was not as bad as a day where zero people were murdered by uh by maga morons as we know one person died that day her name is ashley babbitt she was sought by a capitol hill police officer they're still uh hiding shielding him from response taking responsibility but literally zero people died uh, by uh, from the terrorists domestic terrorists compared to three thousand who died on 9 11 
But let's hear his explanation. This is Matthew Dowd on MSNBC. I was yesterday, I was in Kentucky. I decided to go to Lincoln's birthplace and his boyhood home. And I was reflecting about it because one of the things Lincoln said was America will never be destroyed from outside. America will destroy itself. And I think that's what I fear about right now. And one of the things, if you think about this, what would happen if after 9-11 we had done nothing? We had done nothing. Right. Think about that. If we had done nothing after 9-11. And to me, though there was less loss of life on January 6th, January 6th was worse than 9-11 because it's continued to rip our country apart and give permission for people to pursue autocratic means. And so I think we're at a much worse place than we've been. And as I've said, I think to you before, I think we're in the most perilous point in time since 1861 in the advent of the Civil War. I mean, is that is anyone there like at the at MSNBC or is his wife there or is there's does he have a, an agent or anything? who can pull him aside and say, that is the most ridiculous thing an American journalist has ever said. I mean, it's also I, offensive to people who died in 9-11. It's a good point. And there's plenty of them, or not them, plenty of their family members, their survivors. And and consider, he's talking about the after effects, the, the, what happened after, you know, January 6th. He's talking about no one taking responsibility or we're not doing anything about it. Literally, the people most responsible are in jail still in solitary confinement not no formal charges yet no court dates no bail the people who did it who who kicked in the windows and doors are still in solitary and he says we're not doing anything about it but consider this the after effects of the two events the the fallout with january 6th obviously you know biden took office and they cracked down on all dissent and all mega people and they put them in jail and uh they they kicked people off social media and all that. They did a hell of a lot to the people responsible. After 9-11, we went to war, a war that lasted 20 years, the war that's technically still going on that ends in two months. We went to war. Thousands died. Billions in, in, in destruction. Two towers came down. The whole neighborhood came down. Billions, billions and billions in, 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 in destruction was done by the terrorists. And this absolute clown who should be wearing big red nose and clown feet when he goes on TV. He's a joke. Says January 6th was worse than 9-11. And he says, I'll tell enjoy, you why. Enjoy reading nodded. <laughs> right. yeah, okay. it's takes It takes some real doing to be on a show with just you and Joy Reid and you're the crazy one. That's pretty. Sure, they've, they've said it's worse than the Civil War because the the Confederacy never broached the Capitol. This is the, the President Biden said that. Biden said that. Worse He's than the Civil War, where 618,000 men died. 600,000. On January 6th, zero men died. One woman, veteran, you know, protester, trespasser, shot dead by a cop. One. Civil War, 600,000. But Jerry, here's, here's the thing. So I have a, I have a brother-in-law that he, we had a talk a couple weeks ago on vacation in Montana, and we were talking about this. He's a Democrat, and he's like telling me he's like you know he was spouting the usual things about the insurrection and how people die. You know, cops were killed that day, and I said no, Brian Signet died of natural causes. Like look it up, this autopsies. And so we looked it up together, and he's like, holy shit! It was like it really? wasn't a red pill moment, but it's just like this guy who you know watches MSNBC and stuff like that had no clue 
no clue that Brian Sicknick was not killed during the insurrection. He truly thought that. And millions of other people believe that because they don't report the truth. Boy, our president, the, the commander in chief, the leader of the free world stood before the international community in uh, Switzerland, I believe, in Europe and said uh, a police officer were murdered that day. He knows that's not true. He lied on purpose. And obviously the media doesn't he doesn't get any Pinocchios because they're all in. But the, the president can lie about his own citizens to foreign to, to the media and everyone else in a foreign country. And it's like no big deal. Yeah, they killed a cop that day. Well, actually, they didn't. But the president could say it and just to make it seem worse than it is. But I mean, you really, really, really have to work hard to make it seem worse than 9-11. Or well, at least Matthew Dowd acknowledged, he did say, like, even though there was less loss of less. life, yes, less. less, a little bit. A little bit less, 3,000 to zero, a little bit less loss of life. But Tuck, well, the thing about Tucker, what makes him so effective is he sees right through this to the bigger picture. This is all about power. All of these lies are just designed to give the Democrats more power because they cannot have power without the sense of fear and overreaction and make right. you think like, you know, we're at war. And so, and I mean, why do you think the military is pretending to be woke right now? They don't believe any of this stuff. They just know the Democrats are in power. Right. And these are the things you have to say, and they'll just write you a blank check to go bomb whatever country you want. It's just about power. That's all these people want. No question. I think, you know, you're right. Tucker will call. Uh, we'll, we'll do our best. But uh, the number, the third thing on the absurd uh, you know, th uh, uh, developments on January, I guess it'd be July 6th, six-month anniversary, was the Axios story that you referenced, which you can't get past the first paragraph. It's so comical on how reporters – are in therapy that were there in the Capitol. Oh, this is the vice story, you mean? I'm sorry, the vice story, right, the vice story. Reporters are in therapy. One reporter said he was there covering the Capitol for 15 years and he can't go back. He was so in love with the Capitol, he called it his girlfriend. It was his girlfriend. That's what he called the Capitol. But he can't go back after the insurrection because it's so traumatic. And they said many of them are in therapy and some reporters are still having trouble sleeping. <laughs> I mean, it might be the closest thing to he's been inside in quite some time. So it actually might be a girlfriend to him. I mean, based on what a what a I mean, this is embarrassing. This is humiliating for them to throw themselves out there like that. And admit, yes, I am such a freaking fragile child that this thing has traumatized me. It's cool. Being a victim is cool now. And that's the problem. And they're working with people who cover, you know, wars who have been to Afghanistan and Iraq and other, you know, uh, you know, Kosovo and other. There are people, you know, still in the Washington press corps who've done that, who've been to these dangerous places, and they say, "Oh, I was in the Capitol when some crazy MAGA guy, you know, swung from the balcony." I'm, I'm never going to get over it. It's, it, it is embarrassing, and someone has to hold up a mirror and say, you know, it's not about you. It's really not. And if you're having trouble sleeping, you know, take a friggin' Advil PM, you clown. You're not, uh, you're not the story here, but uh, it was fun. I can't wait. Right. You're saying that the first year anniversary next January 6th, these people are going to go nuts. It's going to be uh, like, you know, the first anniversary of Gettysburg, I suppose was, or something like that, or, 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 you know, the, the you know, Pearl Harbor or something. It's going to be set. They're going to be looking back, on the worst day in America. They'll make it worse than any day. They'll make it worse than Gettysburg, worse than 
anything that's ever happened in the US. shit the cops the shit the capitol police dealt with that day and why i'm glad that those 12 congressmen voted not to give them a congressional medal of honor or whatever it's they got that happened that happens to cops in this country every single day they are treated like that and basically i'm i like what they did by voting against that because they basically say you're not any better or more braver than every co other cop in this country i'm sorry all right and these are people who were pushing this who hate cops who didn't care that antifa was throwing bricks at cops and lasers in their eyes didn't care at all about that suddenly they have a useful cop you know they have a, a useful police force and by the way if we see video of them opening the door and letting the maga guys in you want that cop to get the Medal of Honor, the one that opened the door and let them in? I, I, maybe you do because the guy that brought Viking Man into the Senate and told him yeah, it's the like so most gets, sacred place. He gets the Medal of Honor. He gets the same medal that you know Audie Murphy got. You really would think that makes sense. And if you're going to be perfectly honest, Turtle Boy, yes, it does because the guy who opened the door and let them in did the greatest favor for the Democrats and the media you could do. I mean, they. This basically destroyed Donald Trump and, you know, the, the MAGA movement, at least at least for now. So it couldn't have worked out better for the Democrats and the media than when they let them all into the Capitol. It was a great visual. It was great video seeing all the them roaming the halls and breaking stuff and putting their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. So, yeah, the cop who let them in, he's a hero to Democrats. So they want to honor him as much as possible, but all right, we got to do a couple other things. I'm getting, uh, oh, damn, I'm lying. It's your fault, Alice. You got came up with so much today. I can't cover it all. I'm going to do Shay. Let me mention Shay, and then we're going to come back for a couple more things. We'll give you that Olympic update, I promised. But uh, first, let me talk about Shea Concrete. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've seen them. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes designs and textures to meet your retaining wall needs so whether you need a residential a commercial or an industrial application Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design site walks and installation let Shea show you the way call Shea concrete at 800-696-SHEA that's 800-696-SHEA or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. We all want to make sure our families are protected in a medical emergency. What many of us don't realize is that health insurance won't always cover the full amount of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with high deductibles and copays. That's why an Air Med Care Network membership is so important. As a member, if an emergency arises, you won't see a bill for air medical transport when flown by an AMCN provider. Best of all, a membership covers your entire household for as little as $85 a year. AMCN providers are called upon to transport more than 100,000 patients per year. This is coverage no family should be without. Now, as a listener to my show, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card with new membership. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash Jerry and use your offer code. That's Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y. I quickly, before we go here, Turtle Boy, we mentioned this earlier. 
I want to apologize. I, earlier this week, I apologized to the U.S. women's soccer team, which I don't like them. I don't root for them. I can't stand Megan Rapinoe, even though I think it's a great idea for Victoria's Secret to dump all those smoking hot models and hire her as the new uh, spokeswoman. I think it's going to work. It's going to fly. Anyway, totally, totally. Um, I thought I accused them of, of turning their back on the anthem, and I did my research, and it appears they didn't do that. It appears, I mean, they've done it before. They've kneeled for the, knelt for the anthem this time. They showed the video. I saw the video of all of them going up to, to Pete Dupree, the 98-year-old vet who played the anthem on the harmonica. He was great. It appears they, they, they like him. It appears they just want to, some of them were looking at the big screen and some of them were looking at the actual flag. It appears they didn't turn their back on him. I believed it. Oh, that was fake news? Yes, I believed it because I believe those people are you know they they're super woke. This is very grown up of you to admit no. your biases jerry i apologized to them earlier this week i'm going to apologize to jessica springsteen today you know why because i said i'm going to root against her springsteen's daughter who's in the show jumping competition in tokyo in the she's an olympic athlete she's got a show horse and they jump over things and she doesn't smoke pot i guess that would be um judged right judges pick the winner of that that sport i guess or do you how does that work i, I mean, don't know i don't think i've ever seen show jumping and can't say I've you know, it. well consider this if you make a donation to the u.s olympic committee you might be the one paying for jessica springsteen's horse to be transferred <laughs> to be transported to tokyo her it's gotta horse, be expensive yeah her horse goes with her does the horse fly first class uh, does it go on a boat or do they ship can you is it can you put a horse in cargo? I don't know. How does that work? It's got to weigh the plane down. No, I, <laughs> I don't I know. No if it goes in a boat, isn't it uncomfortable? It's in a horse when they get there, you're like all stiff and uncomfortable. I don't know. But Jessica, I assume Jessica Springsteen flies on dad's private jet, but I don't know about the Don Juan. The horse's name is Don Juan something, long name, but Don Juan is going to be there with Jessica Springsteen in the show jumping competition. And I said I'm going to root against her, but I start start to feel bad. You know why? She's obviously a rich elitist. I don't know if she's as big a left wing nut as her father. Maybe she is, maybe not. We'll see if she stands for the anthem. But everybody in the show jumping, she's probably going to go against princes and sultans of Brunei's kids. I mean, it's all going to be rich elitist people who do show jumping for her life. I mean, she's not the only one spoiled brat who's going to Tokyo to compete in the horse equestrian, right? So no. I'm going to root for her. She might be a good, she might be a nice person. She, I mean, she might be a radical like her dad, but at least she's representing the country. She, as far as we know, has not turned her back on the anthem like Gwen Berry. She hasn't put a t-shirt over her head when they play the anthem, but we'll find out. You know what? It's good they have her because I can't even think of too many reasons to watch. Are you going to, you guys going to watch the Olympics? I love the Olympics, Sherry. I love I love track and field. I'm a tr I mean, I was a track coach for years. I love it. Yeah, are the Shattuck, uh, the Shattuck clan going to sit down around the we'll around the TV? Like the fun ones, like gymnastics and the swimming. I was a swimmer, so that's I love to oh, watch really? swimming races. And that I mean, that's always exciting. And I don't know, but not all the they have, crazy. They have to build up the drama. You know, when it first starts, it's not really exciting. But a weekend when you start building up the drama, like Simone Biles is going for whatever, a million medals, then you start checking it out. Or there's no Michael Phelps, but if some swimmer is going to go win like seven medals, then you get into it more as it builds. And mm -hmm. I don't even know when basketball starts, but 
you know, I'll be rooting for Kevin Love because he's the only white guy on the team, right? Turtle Bay. <laughs> yes, there was. I mean, I don't even watch the basketball during the Olympics. I just, I like the track. I mean, uh, and I like the swimming and I like the girls' gymnastics. Those are the three sports you think of when you think of summer olympics and because you don't know who the villains are you don't know like okay so we know who the top americans are but there's always some villain like a russian gymnast or a romanian gymnast that like we have to beat her and that's what you always remember about right. the olympics are you who's gonna be who's jamaica got in the 100 meter dashes here i don't know but i bet you they got someone i'm rooting for that uh the hammer thrower who almost set like a world record what was her name diana Diana. yeah big girl happy girl Good American, very happy to be there, loving this opportunity. And I'm rooting against the third place finisher, Gwen Berry. I will, I'll enjoy it when she finishes like 27th because she will. She's not that good. Deanna Price is a stud who will probably win the gold. She threw it over 80 meters. The men only throw it 86. So, I mean, she. You're big into the hammer. Yeah. Obviously, I just read about it. She's like amazing. And, I mean, she's. A biological girl, as far as I know. She's not even like the... Who's the, the top woman's javelin thrower, Jerry? Um, I'll look that up for you. You don't know. And so you could argue that Gwen Berry is kind of the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, no, I know. Woman. She she has. I mean, I'm saying these people are the reasons you watch. Gwen Berry has brought some eyeballs to the, you know, uh, to the TV. And so has Jessica Springsteen. I mean, people are going to say, you know, I'll check that. I don't even know. Is it on TV? I mean, it's on like eight different channels, right? Yeah, there would be all the NBC different kind of channels. Right. But here's the I thing. Thought, yeah, go ahead. Back to the fans, Turtle Boy. If there's no fans in an empty stadium for the 200 meter or the 400 meter, it's not going to feel right, man. It's not going to have any energy. It's going to be. It's going to be dead. I thought. I I can't believe Japan of all countries could do that. I thought we could count on them. This isn't England or France. This is a, a country that values you know money and you know is smart. And gets it. I, I'm really surprised that they're falling for this nonsense. They don't. They don't get vaccinated. They only have 15 percent of the country's vaccinated. Why? Because <laughs> I don't know. Because they don't have a lot of old fat people that really are worried about COVID. Maybe they're all young and they don't. I don't know. I think question. they were. They were one of the countries early on. We were told like they did it right. That's unlike true. Those stupid Americans. They did a good job. They closed their borders. They, you know, did real contact tracing where they traced every single case where it came from and they wore masks. They're really good. That's why they didn't have. So they don't have any like naturally built up immunity in their population. Yeah. They didn't have the earlier surges we had. So did I they lock down? Did they, did they lock down like we did? Yeah, they were like totally locked down. They were like all the Asian countries. That's who we kept getting told. Like we have to be more like them. So they. They were like completely, like sealed they off. Declared, you know, they which they can do they're an island or several islands, right? Really, it's but. easy. It's easy to lock down when you're an island, like you know, whatever New Zealand locked down in Australia. But they declared a state of emergency because of a spike, and now they have the Olympics in the middle of a state of emergency. I don't know. It sounds like it might be an issue going forward. But I'll check out, like everyone else. I'll you know. Look in, see if there's anything interesting. And it's also a time difference, which is going to kill them. But we'll see. We'll see if anything crazy happens. If, you know, if there's more woke people like Winberry, and there might be, the girls, the women's soccer team might make an issue and uh, might, you know, make a statement and take a knee and all that crap and wear Black Lives Matter shirts, which they once upon a time did. Uh, and, you know, they obviously will do their best to make our country look bad. So we'll be rooting against them. I'm still going to root against them. I don't think they turned their back on Pete Dupree, but they still suck. Anyway, uh, all right. 
we shall leave it there. Did I miss anything, Alice? You did an unbelievable job of uh, preparing. You, you had more stories in that rundown than I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I probably have missed it. Oh, John Kerry. Damn it. No. Uh, I don't want to drag this out, but John Kerry was at an airport without a mask. Again, shocker. Yeah. He is the biggest fraud, the biggest hypocrite, the biggest liar. How does anyone listen to a word this guy says and take him seriously? They He's don't. He's 76, 77 years old. He's the richest man. He was the richest man in the Senate. He's fabulously wealthy. Or, you know, his wife's first husband was, and he is reaping the benefits. He's got homes everywhere, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, wherever. And yet he's he's so needy and just so insecure that he has to travel around talking about climate change and the climate crisis and telling people they got to wear masks, you know, to be patriotic and, and all that. And he doesn't wear one. And he gets away with it. Obviously, the people, as you say, Turtle Boys, I've said, the people telling you to be in fear of COVID are not in fear of COVID. They don't worry about COVID. They want you to worry about COVID because of the control. But on the same day that John Kerry went through Logan Airport without a mask, endangering everybody's life, all the people there were, they, some of them probably dead already because Kerry, Kerry wouldn't wear a mask. The same day, some kids from Winthrop, <laughs> and if you haven't seen this story, it... <laughs> It's kind of, uh, it's nuts. Kids from Winthrop are going to the Bahamas for vacation. And one or two of them refused to wear their masks properly. What airline? Oh, this is American airline. American. They canceled the flight. All the people heading to the Bahamas had to get on different flights because they didn't just kick the kids off for some reason. They canceled the flight. That's going to be a big story because the people on that plane must have been disgusted and outraged. And I got to be honest. I don't think the masks do anything. I think it's performative, especially at this point. I would have been ready to kill those kids. I would have been like, what a friggin' just do it for five minutes till we take off. But apparently these kids were a little bratty, you know, a little defiant. So they canceled the flight and everyone had to get off and find another way to the Bahamas. That that is gonna be that I can't imagine the outrage, the 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 people just in the in the airport losing their minds. It must have been incredible. But Anyway, we got, we, uh, we don't have time to get to Nathan Allen. Turtle Boy, you did some good uh, legwork on the... We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it, but you can read about it on TV Daily News, correct? Correct, correct. Go back and read last week's stories. Go back and read it uh, all about the Winthrop killer, the racist, or maybe the racist guy, Nathan Allen, who shot uh, dead two African-Americans in Winthrop a couple weeks ago. Turtle Boy's got all the details on TV Daily News. You can also follow my Turtle Boy Sports, correct? Uh, on Twitter at at Doctor Turtle Boy, you can follow me, or on uh, Facebook at Turtle Boy Sports at Doctor Turtle Boy. All right, Turtle Boy, thanks, uh, and thanks to you, Alice. Terrific job. Uh, I see you have your uh, little Jerry Callahan T-shirt on. That's right. not. It's not about me. That's about the the chicken, the leader of the chickens at the, right. Our chickens. The leading chicken at uh, the um, Shattuck uh, Ranch. How many chickens do you have? We have. Right now, we have three grown-up chickens and three baby chickens. Uh, do you you going to eat them, or they just lay eggs? They lay eggs. And you eat so the eggs? We, we did have a rooster, but he was mean. We weren't supposed to have a rooster. When you get the baby chicks, they're not supposed to be. So I uh, had to. we did eat him. I took care of that problem. ate the rooster? I didn't think we even ate roosters. You can, because he wasn't that grown-up. So he, was, he, he wasn't he was like tough you, yet. I, like rooster, you actually no. kill them. You kill them yourself. Mm -hmm. you I aspire to be a homesteader, Jay. I'm going to. Oh, 
take the podcast out into the woods of Maine, like Tucker Carlson. And you have lots of canned, like canned meat in the basement and condensed milk. Oh yeah. We're ready to go. We're Uh, ready. Your preppers. Um, but you bought a device on, on Amazon to, to break the chickens next, correct? Um, I actually just bought like a really sharp knife. Well, and then you have like a cone that you put the chicken in because it oh. keeps him calm. So he doesn't know what's happening. And when they, when you cut their heads off, do they run around like chickens with their heads cut off? Uh, no, cause he was in the cone. So, oh. and he, well, someday okay. I'm going to have to stop by the ranch and see little, little Jerry Callahan. You got him there on the t-shirt. I have my, I should have worn mine. I didn't wear mine today. I will next time, but I appreciate it, Alice. Thanks very much. Thanks to Thank you, uh, Jerry. DCU and Allied Paving Shake Concrete. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching. Where are we? I didn't even know. Where were we? To YouTube today? We were on YouTube and Facebook Live. Facebook. Thanks for all the commenters. I didn't really have time to read them. Did you read them? Were there any good comments? Um, I read some of them. There were there were some good commenters. You can check them out after, too. I will. I will check them out after, but I uh, appreciate everybody for... Uh, uh, for watching and listening. And if you'd like, go to Apple Podcasts. I try to mention this you know, every Thursday. Mm-hmm. But go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. We finally made it over 4,000. We have 4,000 and something reviews. You can do that anytime. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. And I will talk to you again real soon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Headlines and hot takes, they have their place. But at our podcast, ESPN Daily. 
we don't just skim the surface of sports. Dude, I mean, this clearly transcends blood feuds, <laughs> rivalries, sports. This is something far, far deeper than that. I'm your host, Pablo Torre, and every day we try to dive into the stories behind the athletes. The picture of him in the dugout afterwards just looked like a guy who'd had his heart ripped out. Listen to ESPN Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.